It is good to see all of you here this morning. And we are certainly glad that you are here. Today is a great day. And not just because the Titans are playing the Steelers. I think you know who I stand for. But uh, today is a great day even more importantly because it is the day that we can assemble. It is the day that we can gather together to worship God and to be together. And it is a wonderful privilege. And, and we are, are glad to be together. Uh, Hugh has been picking out some good songs lately. I guess he's getting familiar with the songbook. And he's found some of the ones he used to lead a lot of. And, and we've sound, found some that we haven't sung in quite some time. Uh, this last one was a really good one to lead off into the lesson. I don't know if you picked it for that reason. But just think of the words. To Canaan's land, I'm on my way where the soul never dies. My darkest night will turn to day where the soul never dies. I'm on my way to that fair land where the soul never dies. Where there will be no parting hand and the soul never dies. Today's lesson is beginning the book of Joshua. And as we begin the book of Joshua, just as we closed in Deuteronomy, we were looking at uh, Moses' departure from the people, Joshua is going to lead them into the promised land of Canaan. And when we sing this song, Where the Soul Never Dies, it kind of throws back to Israel going into Canaan. But it also is a reminder of what is ahead of us. You see, we have our own journey to our own land of Canaan, our own promised land, which is heaven, eternity with God. And so, as we look at the Canaan's land of the song that we just sang, it's talking about our promised land, but also with the reminder of what was in the past and how Israel journeyed toward their own Canaan's land. As we look at the book of Joshua, again, we have closed the book of Deuteronomy. This is a, a brand new section in the Bible, if you will, because we're, we're coming away from a study of the books of law. And we spent some time looking at Genesis through Deuteronomy. And so now we're moving on into what we referred to often as the historical books or books of history and talk about the history of the people of Israel and, and what they did. I've termed the book of Joshua a journey of inheritance because eventually the people inherited the land that had been promised to them. And so what we have as we enter into Joshua, we have an introduction to uh, the historical books, there are 12 in all, that tell us again the history of the people. We're going to be looking at the life of Joshua, Moses' successor as leader of Israel, the conquest of Canaan, the tribal allotment, and that's what we deal with in the book of Joshua. And then we move on to the judges and the kings of Israel. Uh, remember that even God told them there would be a day where they would want a king. And, 
This is how your king should act. And this is how he should present himself before me. You have the divided kingdom after Solomon's death and the rivalry between the north and the south. Not the rivalry between the north and the south in the United States, but the north and the south, the northern and the southern kingdoms. And then we have the fall of the southern kingdom to Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar's armies. The end of Israel's existence as a free and independent nation. As we look at Joshua himself, we look at uh, him as the son of Nun, of the tribe of Ephraim, as we read in 1 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 20 through 27. We know nothing of his mother. We, we just know of his father. He is the son of Nun, N-U-N. His name means Jehovah is salvation. We know him to be one of the two spies who viewed the land of Canaan and brought back a favorable report to Israel in Numbers chapter 14. We also find that it is he and Caleb that alone lived to inherit the land with Israel. They were the only two of that generation that went into the promised land. We know that he was born in slavery and so he was with them through uh, all the wilderness wanderings and all that they went through. Joshua is estimated to have been 85 years old when succeeding Moses as leader of Israel. To give you a brief outline of the book of, of Joshua, we're only going to get through one point today, but Lord willing, I uh, plan for us to, to finish it off next week. But the, the first point is crossing the Jordan, chapters 1 through 5. That's what we're going to concentrate our time on today. And then we have conquering the land, which is chapters 6 through 12. And dividing the land in chapters 13 through 24. Most of our time will be spent in chapters 1 through 5 today. So if you have your Bibles... I pray that you do turn to the book of Joshua, the sixth book in the Bible, in the Old Testament. In Joshua chapter 1, we begin with God's commission to Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, and let's read again verses 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea, Toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong 
and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. These words, be strong and of good courage, we read them multiple times here within this commission that God gives to Joshua. We see Joshua giving it to the people. As God was with Moses, so he promised to be with Joshua. Now Moses, we were told, is a great man. He had a closer relationship with God than anyone else who ever lived. But God was with him. And he would be with Joshua. And those words must have been a great comfort to Joshua going forward. Though many people and many things may change, this is a good reminder that God never Changes. And in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, we read that Jesus Christ, who is also God, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change. And we can be reminded that just as He was with Joshua, so He also promises to be with us as well. God made three promises to Joshua. Three promises... Number one is found in verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I said to Moses. Every place in which the sole of his foot would tread was given him of God. Promise number two is found in verse 5. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. As he was with Moses, so he would remain with Joshua. And promise number three is found in verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord would be with Joshua wherever he went. He promised to be with him. I've got a fly over here that's bothering me. So if I keep swatting, just ignore it, okay? I try to get rid of it. <laughs> so three promises. Every place in which the sole of your foot would tread would be given him of God. Uh, he was with Moses as he... For as he had been with Moses, he would also be with Joshua, and the Lord would be with him wherever he went. Those were the three promises that God made. 
We have some reminders from Deuteronomy, some things that we need to remember before we go any further in the book of Joshua. First of all, that Israel was to remember and meditate upon the law that Moses had brought to them from God. And Joshua was to lead them in that remembrance. And he did. They were to remember, and not only remember for themselves, but they were to teach their children. In Judges chapter 2, Judges chapter 2, verse 7, we read, So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Remember. Remember. The people of Israel were to remain faithful to the Lord. But they did not. Also in Judges chapter 2 and verse 10. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. What happened? We have a generation that arises that does not know the Lord. Well, why don't they know the Lord? Think of us even in America or even throughout the world as far as Christianity is concerned. We have a generation of children that are arising that do not know the Lord. Well, why would that ever be? Maybe because parents have failed to teach them the commandments and the precepts of God. They have failed to teach them about the Bible and the importance of it and, and how it applies to our lives. Not in all cases by any means. But if we have a generation to arise that does not know God, it's because we failed in teaching them. And that's what happened with Israel. They failed in teaching these things to their children in the way that they should. And so we have a generation that follows Joshua, that follows the elders that outlived him. And they do not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. Think of all the things that he had done. Uh, all the stories that we read about, uh, even going back to the book of Genesis, we read how God created man and, and how he cared for man. We have, we have uh, in Exodus, when they're brought out from the land of Egypt, they cross the Red Sea and they're brought out of bondage. God takes care of them. He gives them manna and quail to eat and and gives them water to drink. He takes care of his people throughout. How could they ever forget? They weren't taught as they should have been. And so this too is a reminder to us that we need to make sure that we are teaching our children in the ways of the Bible. In chapter 2, Joshua sends the spies into Jericho. Joshua chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. 
Now Joshua the son of Nun sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them. So she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut, when it was dark, that the men went out. <clears throat> where, where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof, and hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, to the fords. And as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Verse 8, Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in any one because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven, above and on earth beneath. Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my Father's house, and give me a true token, and spare my Father my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, Our lives for yours, if none of you tell this business of ours. And it shall be, when the Lord has given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Of the thousands that lived in Jericho, we know only one, Rahab. Joshua sent two spies into Jericho. As we read in verse 1, Rahab revealed to them her faith in God and asked that the lives of her family be spared. As we find in chapter, chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. And as we famously know, as we know from um, even our days in Bible school, for the most part, for most of us, the men told her to bind a scarlet cord in the window as a sign for Israel to know them. She let them down out of the window by a rope, but she bound a scarlet cord in the window as a sign for them when they returned to Jericho. Verses 17 through 19. She was to bring her family into her house with her, that they should also be spared. Let's pick up reading in Joshua 2 and verse 17. 
So the men said to her, We will be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear. Unless, when we come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window, through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to, uh, to your own home. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head. And we will be guiltless, and whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid on him. And if you tell this business of ours, then we will be free from your oath, which you made us swear. Verse 21, Then she said, According to your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound the scarlet cord in the window. Rahab is, is very familiar to us. The story of Rahab, as it is also found in the New Testament. Let's turn our attention for a moment to the New Testament and to the mentions of Rahab. Hebrews 11, verse 31. Hebrews 11 and verse 31. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And she's also mentioned in the next book over, James. James chapter 2. Let's look at verses 25 and 26. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. It, it refers to her as a harlot and we do know that to be her previous occupation. And I think the only reason that she is referred to as such in the New Testament, it doesn't mean that she continued on as a, a harlot and that she was uh, blessed by God in that endeavor. But just as an identification as to who we are reading about. But what we find here in the New Testament, in Hebrews 11 and verse 31, by faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. She did not perish because of her faith in God. She had heard the stories. We, we find elsewhere in Scripture where even uh, foreign peoples of other nations, they had heard the stories of Israel. They had heard of the greatness of Israel and a lot of them were afraid of God for that reason and she mentions that very thing in what she tells the spies. She believed in God. And because she believed in God, she did not perish. But we also find in this mention in James chapter 2 that she was justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. Though she was saved by her faith, she, as was Abraham, was justified by her works. Now, as we look at what is being said here, yes, her faith saved her. But it wasn't faith alone that saved her. 
Where would she have been had she not done the works that were necessary according to her faith? What if she hadn't bound the scarlet cord in the window? Well, the spies would have been free from the oath that they had taken. And she would have been destroyed along with Jericho. But, because of her faith, she was justified by her works. Works are just as important to salvation as faith. And we find that throughout the Bible. You find it with Abraham. You find it with Noah and so many others who also obeyed. They didn't just believe in God, but they obeyed. And so we must do today. When it comes to our own salvation, we also must obey. The, the Jews on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, they believed what Peter was saying. But what did he tell them? Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That you should receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. They also needed to obey. Acts 2 and verse 38. And we have this used as an example here. She is justified by works. And in verse 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Even the demons believe and tremble as it says earlier in James chapter 2. It takes more than faith. But it also takes obedience. And we too are justified by our works. And let's deal with something else while we're here because the Bible deals with this as well. There are some that will say that, that she lied. And somehow that, that she was justified in lying. We can't use Rahab as a justification for lying. We know that, that lying is sin. It, it even goes back to the Old Testament. You should not bear false witness against one another. And even going back to when the, the, the law was given to the people, we see that lying was a serious offense, and it's a serious offense even today. It is a punishable offense, according to Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8. We cannot use Rahab as a justification for lying. Rather, I believe that, that God worked around what she did. He worked in the circumstance that she was in and, and what she did and he still saved the spies through that and he saved her through that. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever give a favorable response for lying and it doesn't give a favorable, favorable response to Rahab even though she lied. Yes, she was saved. But God could have worked that out in any way that he desired. And so let's not try to make the Bible say something that it doesn't. But we do find other mention in the New Testament of Rahab. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1. We'll not read the entire passage. But beginning in verse 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. 
Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Amenadab. Amenadab begot Nashon. And Nashon begot Solomon. Solomon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David the king. Brother Kirk plans to, to study the, the story of Ruth. Well, here she is mentioned here. Boaz, Boaz was begot by whom? By Rahab. Solomon begot Boaz by Rahab. And Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. We're talking about the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Verse 16, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until the Christ are 14 generations. God saved her and he used her. One who had been a harlot. And God used her to bring his son into the world. God only, not only worked the immediate situation for Rahab's good, but also used her in forming the most perfect plan for our salvation. In chapter 3, Joshua is given a sign. Chapter 3, beginning with verse 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here, and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Hivites, and the Perizzites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now therefore take for yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as those who bore the ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water. For the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest. That the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far, far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zeratan. So the waters that went down into the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea, failed and were cut off. And the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over 
the Jordan. And once again, the people are called to remember. In chapter 4, verse 1, And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. And Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so, just as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood. And they were there, to, they are there to this day, to the day of this writing. Verse 10, So the priests who bore the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people. According to all that Moses had commanded Joshua, and the people hurried and crossed over. We find remembrance in stones. Two piles of stones were set up, one for the twelve chosen men on the bank of the river in chapter 3 and verse 12. And one was made by Joshua himself in the midst of the river. These were set up as stones were often set in place for a remembrance. The people were to remember this day. And in chapter 5, we have a, a detailed um, exposition of the Mark of the Covenant, circumcision. And we can go back to Genesis chapter 17 in reference to that. Joshua was going to lead the people. And God gave him great encouragement. Be strong and of good courage. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Just as God promised to Joshua that he would be with him, so he promises to be with us also. He doesn't promise to be with us in evil. And it was promised as far as Joshua and Israel were concerned that God would be with them in their faithfulness. As long as they were faithful, as long as they remembered, God was with them. And so God is with us. But He is with us in our faithfulness to Him. 
Maybe it is that you've not become a Christian. Maybe you need to obey. Maybe you need to submit yourself to God's care, to His leadership. If you need to obey, we know what we're told in Scripture. Hearing, believing, by faith, we also repent of our sins. We turn away from them. We turn to a new life. We confess our faith in Christ. We are buried with Him in the watery grave of baptism and we rise to walk in the newness of life just as Jesus too was buried. He died, He was buried, and He was resurrected so that we too could be resurrected to walk in the newness of life. Maybe it is that you become a Christian but maybe you not remain faithful and maybe you need to come back. And certainly if there is any way that we can assist you in either of those, either in obedience or in repentance, whatever we can do to help you, we want to do that. We love you. We care for you. And we invite you to come as together we stand and as we sing.